this weekend, and I, I, I knew this was coming tonight, and I felt such a strong urgency, and I'll be honest, this burden has been so harsh on me that I've even felt sick today because it's such a burden for you. So everything I say tonight and I preach to you, it has come from a burden of prayer, it has come from a burden of fasting, and it has come from a burden for our church in this hour. And I believe God has a word for you. If you would turn with me to our, our main scripture for our series it is Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. It has been our uh, main verse for the last uh, couple of weeks through September. Those of you that are new, it says this. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently, everyone say diligently, everyone say obey, the voice of of the Lord your God, to observe carefully, everyone say carefully, all his commandments, which I, being Moses, command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And I want to take you also to Isaiah chapter 57. Isaiah chapter 57, if you would turn there with me. Isaiah chapter number 57. And we will be looking at verse number 11 to begin with. Isaiah 57. In verse 11. And of whom have you been afraid or feared? That you have lied. This is God talking to Israel in a time where they were, they have turned away from the Lord. They are about to go into exile. And this is God speaking to his people. And not remembered me, not taken it to your heart. Is it not because I have held my peace from of old that you do not fear me? I will declare your righteousness and your works, for they will not profit you. When you cry out, let your collection of idols deliver you, but the wind will carry them away. A breath will take them. But I want to focus here. But he who puts his trust in me shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain. And one shall say, heap it up, heap it up. Prepare the way. Take the stumbling block out of the way of my people. For thus says the high and lofty one, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit 
to revive the spirit of the humble and revive the heart of the contrite ones. I want you to say contrite ones. Tonight I want to speak to you on this thought. Return to the mountain. Return to the mountain. Would we just close your eyes right now and lift your hands. Let's continue to entertain his presence right now. God, we come before you grateful. Grateful for your word. Grateful, God, for the spirit that's already in this house, God. Thank you, Lord, for the confirmations. And thank you, dear God, that you are a God that cares and loves his people. That you're a God who cares and wants to elevate his people. I pray, dear God, anoint my mind, anoint my lips, God. Remove all error from my mind and from my mouth, God. And I pray, Lord, let it not be my words, but let it be yours. God, I give this as my worship, and I give this unto you, God. If you can use anything, Lord, tonight, you can use me. I surrender it. And I pray now, God, let our hearts receive this word. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Being on an airplane, coming back home, is one of those experiences that you can't really replicate as much. You get into the plane, you sit down on the seats, and you're there waiting in anticipation. The journey that you've been on has tired you out, and you just want to get home to your bed. You just want to get back to your house, kick off the shoes, and relax on the couch. What is home? to you. And so you strap yourself in, you hear the engines begin to roar and the pilot says to you, we're on our way. Please fasten your seatbelts. And then the plane begins to move and go. And as it rises into the air, you feel the wheels leave the tarmac and then it begins to rise. And that feeling in your heart and in your stomach, that feeling of we're rising in the air. We're going back home. There's nothing like it. Very little experiences in this world can uh, replicate that kind of feeling. You want to go back home and rising in the air just allows that excitement to come alive. Now, the last couple of weeks, we have been talking about elevation. We have Pastor Johnson, who preached it, who started it off. He talked about elevate your expectations. And he continued that thought on that following Wednesday night. And then Brother Matt Aguirre preached an outstanding powerful word uh, that following Sunday, which was elevate your sound. How many of you remember that message? A tremendous message, a tremendous move of God 
miracles, I believe, were poured out that morning. And we will see the reports of that soon. Then Brother Chris Castro preached last Wednesday about postured to elevate. And it was an amazing word of being in that place of being elevated. Now, as we have read in our scripture tonight in Deuteronomy 28 verse 1, there are prerequisites to elevation. You must, without it saying it, listen to the word. You must obey the word and you must do it carefully. Now, when I was younger, I didn't like to listen to my parents very well. How many of you can testify you did that? <laughs> we didn't want to listen to our parents very much. And as a child, I didn't want to do that into my teenage years also and well into my 20s. I refused to do it sometimes. And I'll be honest, there were days when I found out I should have listened to my parents. And I had to, uh, I had to, you know, swallow my pride and admit how wrong I was. But listening, when we, when we listen, excuse me, we don't just hear. We have to obey. If you hear it, but don't obey it, did you really listen? Now, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, listening has uh, appears many times. We know of the word hearing in the Bible. If you don't know it, it is the word Shema. Now, we know of one of the famous prayers of the Jewish people is the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is. In Hebrew, it says, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. But the very first word that you hear in there is Shema. And that's why it has that name. The prayer has that name. You are saying, hear it. Hear everyone who is in the, the proximity of me talking. Hear this. There is only one Lord. There is only one God. And as apostolics, we believe that there is only one God who sits on the throne. And his name is Jesus. There is no other God. There is no other Savior. There is no other one. There is but one God. And his name is Shema. It means to listen. But when it appears twice, that's something different. Not only does it mean 
to listen, but it also adds an extra layer. You're saying not only should you listen, you must obey what's about to be said. In our scripture tonight, it says it. It says the word twice. Shema, Shema. If you would listen and be careful to obey. There is an emphasis on hearing, but also to obey. Now at this time, I'm going to move quickly here. Moses had given the law to his people. He had just received, or he had received it on Mount Sinai. And it's about 40 years later from that moment. And on the mountain, God had spoken in the darkness with smoke and thunder and lightnings and voices of tongues. We read about this in Hebrews chapter number 12, verse number 18 through 22. If they would put it on the screen for us. Hebrews chapter uh, 12, verse 18 through 22 For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire and to blackness and darkness and tempest, but uh, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore, for they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. But you, oh, we're not there yet. Give me a moment. Moses here says that he is exceedingly afraid and trembling by seeing this great sight. It is the mountain. Everyone say the mountain. The mountain was an important place. And at the end of Moses' life in Deuteronomy 28 and 1, this was that final declaration, though, near the mountain. God has called us to obey his word. We must shema the word, but we must also shema Shema, the word. We must listen and obey. We must turn to his paths because obedience leads to elevation. Obedience leads to that place on the mountain. Obedience leads to the places where you are closer to God and further from the world. Obedience leads to the heart of God. I feel it already. I feel it already. And once again, I tell you tonight, I speak this out of a burden. Human beings are defiant creatures. You know, creation sings and worships God. We read that in Psalms chapter 66, verse 4. That creation 
The whole earth and creation sings to God. It worships Him. The Bible even declares also that the demons themselves fall and worship God. They actually call Him the Most High God. But human beings, we can be in the middle of a time of great power and worship and the presence of God is moving. And the, we can feel the, the, the brush of angels' wings. And we can see glory on each face. And still, and still, we will be silent. And still, we will be defiant and not lift a hand and not worship. But I'm here to tell you, when you're in the presence of God, there's nothing else to do but worship Him. We were made in His image. We were made to worship the King. We were made to sing to Him. Even if you can't carry a tune, you were made to sing and worship Him. You were made to give Him the glory and give Him the honor because He is worthy. How can we not worship a God that saves? How can we not worship a God who lives? How can we not worship a God who delivers? How can we not? He is worthy. Worthy and wonderful. Worthy and powerful. Worthy and holy. Worthy and full of glory. Oh, but we can reserve our worship for something else when we stay silent. Oh, we can say, well, it's just not the song. It's just not the moment. I just have to feel it. But worship. Is at any moment, at any time. Worship is an important thing to do even when you don't have the strength to do it. Don't reserve your worship for something else. Don't reserve your voice for something that's not worthy of it. Don't reserve your hand clap for something that's not worthy of it. Don't reserve a lifted hand for something that's not worthy of it. Don't reserve your dance for something that's not worthy of it. Because he alone is worthy. He alone deserves the glory. There's a lifting that takes place. Why? Because you're obedient. When there's that time of worship, and you feel a lifting in the atmosphere, you know why? Because there's obedience then. 
when the people of God are being obedient to what they're supposed to do, there's a lifting in the atmosphere. There's an elevation that's beginning to happen. And as we are being lifted up, as we are, and what I mean by that is we're not receiving glory, but we're starting to get into heavenly places with God. When we begin to do that, it's because we were obedient. As humans, we are, can be defiant, and I move quickly, I'm aware of the time. We can withhold our giving. We can not tell other people about the gospel. We don't love like we should love. We gossip and backbite and please hear me. I'm not saying this for anybody. I'm not here to condemn the church. I'm referring to the nature of human beings. Human beings are jealous and envious. They want to also entertain themselves with terrible sights and sounds, things that will please the flesh. They want to walk away from the holiness of God. We, they want to let go of convictions that God gave them. They want to let go of the love that they have for God. Why? Because they can get caught up in what's happening around them. Humans, we humans, can even have an air of self-righteousness about us. That even while we may think we're doing right, but in behind the scenes we're indulging in our lust. I speak this here tonight for somebody that may be struggling with pornography. It is not normal and it is not something that belongs in your life. It does not belong there. And if you keep indulging in it, and don't ask for the help and don't pray to God and repent of it and don't find a leader that you can you can be accountable to that sin that thing will numb you and you wonder why you can't feel God it's because you've been allowing that carnal thing into your life you've given into it and what it has done was blocked that connection you have with God Oh, I feel the resistance. I know that spirit is in here tonight, but I speak against it in the name of Jesus. It is not normal, and it does not belong in the church. It is not normal, and it doesn't belong in the church. Whether you're a man or whether you're a woman, it does not matter. It does not belong in your life, in your family, in your home. As human beings, we mock, we lust, we hate, we cheat, we indulge, we will manipulate we will envy and in the same sentence will justify every one of it. And in through it all, we are disobedient. Tonight, 
I don't come here. I don't come to you pointing my finger at anybody. I point it at me. David was confronted by the prophet just as God confronts us tonight with ourselves. The Bible talks about transgression and it means to break covenant. Break the promise that you have with God. When we transgress, that doesn't just mean we sin. We break a promise. Hear me tonight. How many promises have we broken with God? How many times have we promised him at these altars we would do something? And we broke that promise. I have sinned. I have done that. But if we're not careful, we can make other choices and, and hide it. And say, no, that's not me. We can deny it all we want. We can even justify it. God is pointing into our spirits and saying, we all have fallen short. We can't ever get to a place, church, that we don't repent before God. We can't get to a place that we think we've got it all figured out. That we're better. That we haven't fallen short. We cannot allow these sins into our lives, church. We cannot allow these things into our church and into our homes. We can't allow these things into our very intimate lives. We cannot allow these sins to continue within us if we do not die to ourselves. Then spirits and carnal thoughts will thrive within us. We must repent and turn away. We must turn from our wicked paths. We must turn from what we've allowed in and walk away from it. We can't just say, God, I'm sorry, and continue going back to it. You cannot live a life unto God that is full of carnality and openness with the spirits of this world. It must be something that we turn away from. We must turn away, church. 
We must turn. We as humans, we're defiant. We're disobedient. But then we must return to God. And I'm coming to a close here. Hosea chapter number 10 verse 12. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. Break up that ground of your heart that's so hard that you don't feel God anymore. Break it up. For it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Church, I'm here to tell you we're about to enter a season of rain. A season of rain for us. But the question is, will there be good ground for the water? Will there be good ground for it? Isaiah chapter 57 verses 11 through 15, if they can put that on the screen for me. Isaiah 57 verses 11 through 15. And of whom have you been afraid or feared that you have lied and not remembered me nor taken it to your heart? Is it not because I have held my peace from of old that you do not fear me? I will declare your righteousness and your works, for they will not profit you. When you cry out, let your collection of idols deliver you, but the wind will carry them away. A breath will take them. All those things that we've allowed in our lives, church, in us as humans, a breath will take it all away. But he who puts his trust in me shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain. Staying with me tonight. I promise you there will be elevation. I promise you there will be greater things that we will see. I promise you, there will be signs and wonders and miracles. I promise you, there will be change like never before. I promise you. Why can I say that? Because it's in the word of God. If we would obey, he will elevate. If we will be careful to listen to him and obey his voice, his word, we shall be lifted up into those high places. We shall inherit his holy mountain. What mountain? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. Hebrews 22, uh, 18, or 12, verse 22. But you have come to Mount Zion, the church. The place in God that is in these powerful 
spiritual, heavenly places. And what will we see? And to the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, love this that speaks better things his blood covers everything his mercy covers everything when we obey his voice and return to him when we return to him, we will sit in the heavenly places where we belong as images of God. That's where we are supposed to be, sitting in those heavenly places with him. That's where we belong. But if we have sin and defiance and disobedience in our lives, We cannot go to the mountain. We cannot see the miracles and signs and wonders. We need to return to him. I want to give you this statement tonight to finish. There is a mountain that we must return to. The mountain that God has already had us in many times, but we hadn't seen everything yet. Years ago, we had revivals. I remember a hundred souls being filled with the Holy Ghost. I remember times when we just kept baptizing people, like there was a circuit going through there. We had to have countless or we had to have all the the baptismal robes hanging on the gate over here to dry trying to get them dried out for this next service you remember that we've had services where the power of god fell and the lame walked and miracles were poured out some of you received your miracle in those services there is a mountain to return to but this mountain is a far greater mountain than we thought it was that, that mountain of revival that we experienced years ago it had greater peaks that we haven't seen yet there are miracles that have yet to happen that we haven't seen yet there are signs that are going to happen in the church that we have never seen before. There are wonders that will be poured out that we have never seen before. That the elders who have passed away before us were praying to see. We will see it. But we got to return to the mountain. We got to return to the places we used to be in God. 
There are places we need to go back to. Places of prayer, places of consecration, places of devotion, places in God where we get lost in his presence again, whether we're here at the church or whether we're at home alone. We need intercessory prayer like never before. We need travailing like never before. We need supplication like never before. We need thanksgiving like never before. We got to return to the mountain. We got to return to what God has called us to. We've got to go back, back to prayer, back to consecration, back to conviction, back to holiness, back to his power and his mercy and his grace, back, back to the mountain. And the statement I want to leave with you tonight is this. We are anything as a church. We must be a praying church. Return. Return to what you know. Return to what you need to do again. Return. Repent and turn back to where God has called you to, Revival Church. Repent and turn back to what he wants to do in you again. These altars are open. It's time to return. If we want revival, you cannot have revival without repentance. We cannot go to the mountain without repentance. I don't want anybody here tonight to just rush out of here. There's a call that God wants to give you. There's a call that he wants to send to this church. Return to me and I shall return to you. Return to me and I shall return to you. Go back to the mountain. Go back to what he's called you for and then we will see it. We'll see revival like never before. We'll see prayer rooms filled again. We'll see the power of God manifested. We'll see miracles. We'll see signs. We'll see the wonders return to the mountain.
back to obedience. Go back to what he's called you to. Go back to those old time convictions. Go back. Go back. Go back.